Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 193 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. I'm really pumped for my guest of this episode, which is my good friend and industry leader, Aaron Klein. Now, Aaron needs no introduction, but I'm going to do a quick one for him anyway. Aaron is the co-founder and CEO of Nitrogen Wealth, the industry-leading software company that was formerly known as Riskalyze. Aaron is very well known. He seems to be everywhere. Uh, They've done a a fantastic job creating a brand new category uh, of risk tolerance, where they started out as Riskalyze, turning that from a backwater, uncharted area that no one really wanted to talk about into a marketing and sales juggernaut that uh, took the market by storm and now has the largest market share of risk tolerance. And they have uh, not only launched many different applications around the risk tolerance um, system, including investment analytics and uh, other types of uh, information available, but they've now combined that all together into what they're calling a growth platform. So it's a new category, it's a new product, and the question is, will the industry embrace it? I have a message for you. If you are the executive at a broker-dealer, enterprise RIA, family office, or a TAMP, your tech debt is holding you back. Your old software platforms are rusty and falling apart, and they need a complete overhaul or to be replaced entirely. Your disparate systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your ops staff and advisors crazy with manual processes and other errors. If this describes your company in your tech infrastructure, you should run, not walk to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP RFI and help you implement new software to help take your firm to the next level. And a few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. We at Ezra Group support a number of nonprofit organizations that do fantastic work for a variety of causes. One you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And now let's kick this thing off. This is exciting for me because I get to introduce my good friend and guest in the program, Aaron Klein, co-founder and CEO of Nitrogen Wealth. Hey, Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, great to be with you. Great to be with me again. Yes. You're back. Yes. Second time on the podcast. And um, the last time we did this, uh, there was like all this breaking news and we just like talked about the news instead of talking about, you know, (laughs) what you or I actually work on. Um, And so, uh, so I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. We're going to, we're going to have a good conversation today. The news is always more interesting than what we have to talk about. Uh, but yes. now it's, it's summertime, so there isn't as much news. Uh, so <laughs> there you uh, go. A couple of other things. But before we start, uh, I know everyone listening already knows you and already knows your company, but give us a 30-second Nitrogen Wealth uh, elevator pitch. Sure. Well, yeah, I, I, I had the uh, great honor of, of having the chance to help co-found this company and serve as its, um, as its CEO since 2011. Uh, and, you know, today uh, Nitrogen serves tens of thousands of financial advisors uh, equipping them with the growth platform for wealth management firms. And it, you know, that all starts with um, the risk number 
uh, that we invented back in 2011. Um, the idea that, you know, humans just have this incredible ability to sabotage their investing. And if we can help them understand who they are and connect them with that and, and show them the alignment that we create with that, um, that ultimately helps them, uh, you know, be successful investors, kind of kind of stick to their plan and stay invested for the long run. Um, and financial advisors have some really interesting challenges with growth. I think of growth, by the way, as two sides of the coin, uh, acquiring clients and retaining them and, and, and maintaining their expectations. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been pretty excited to spend the last decade building out this growth platform for wealth management firms, helping them drive the process of turning leads into meetings and meetings into valued clients and clients into referral champions for their firms. And um, that's the core of what we do today and uh, excited to talk about it. Look, man, just because we're friends doesn't mean you can blow up the, the podcast by just, you know, talking as much as you want. It's a 30-second elevator pitch. <laughs> you just blew past that. All right, Still, fine. Sorry. Apologies. I'm going yeah, to throw that under the bridge. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the, the biggest news in for your company this year was the brand sure. to Nitrogen Wealth and the growth yeah. platform. So that was a big move, and uh, I mean, I predicted it many years ago. You see, finally, you did. finally did it. But but I don't want to just talk specifically about that. But under underneath that, you completely changed the product set, and it's something we mm -hmm. pay close attention to at Ezra Group uh, in terms of all the different technology around the advisor tech world, and that you've changed the the the, the, the what technology you are you're promoting and how you're you're presenting it and how you're sure. organizing it. So now it's client acquisitions, client engagement, and compliance. Are the three areas yeah. you're promoting? Why did you do that, and how did you come up with those particular areas? Yeah, you know, I I, I think it was a realization, Craig, that um, the rebrand was was really a moment for us to say, hey, we've got to step back and take a look at what we've actually built over the last decade and what we actually do for financial advisors and wealth management firms. And you know, the truth is, is that we built risk first. It's still at the center of what we do. I just talked about it a, a second ago, um, or I guess 45 seconds ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, we 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 built the risk number. We built the ability to do risk alignment. And and that was kind of the first set of capabilities that we came out with. And we named the company after it, right? Riskalyze. And we would, you know, that we then embarked on this decade of building the growth platform for wealth management firms and a, a much broader set of capabilities to drive client acquisition, to drive retention, to drive uh, compliance workflows and analytics uh, across all of that. And, you know, we would walk into large firms and they would say, well, listen, we've certainly heard of you. You've got a great reputation. Many of our advisors love you. We don't really understand why, because like, we don't really need another risk tolerance documentation tool around here. Like that's not what we need. Advisors and love you, but we just don't understand why. We, we don't even understand why. Like how do you have them wanting to use a compliance tool? Like it makes no sense. So firms couldn't see, I mean, branding is such a double-edged sword, right? I, somebody very wise said to me, if you do it poorly, you can change your brand to mean anything you want it to mean. If you do it really, really well, you're stuck in the box you created for yourself. And it's as if Jeff Bezos named that famous website, onlinebookstore.com. Like, yeah. like people were just not going to see. And that extended all the way to the fintech map that, you know, you and Michael Kitsis uh, mm -hmm. have built, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we're sitting up there in the risk tolerance box. And rightly so, we're a company named Riskalyze. 
And the truth is, is that, you know, we, we drive growth. We drive, you know, call it sales enablement if you want, call it client success if you want. There's a lot of different ways and, and labels you can put on it. But at the end of the day, we're driving growth for wealth management firms. And so the rebrand to Nitrogen was really about saying, wait a minute, like we have named our company after the means to the end of growth. And risk is still a really important means to that end. Uh, but we need to name our company after the essential element for growth on our planet. And that's where nitrogen came from. But what about the the the, the products you're selling? So you, you had built out from risk, from the risk. Sure. You built a lot of ancillary products like the meetings yep. and the checkups. And then you branched yep. out into um, light financial planning and you branched yep. out into investment analytics. So yep. how did you come up with these different categories? Why client acquisition, client engagement, compliance as your main selling points? Yeah, I, I think we've, we've looked at it this way. You know, when I when I look at the um, the wealth tech stack and I look at the at the industry ecosystem, um, what I've kind of felt for a long time is that we have this hole right in the middle of it. And you kind of got like whatever is bringing you leads on one side, like your marketing automation or marketing system or whatever, you've got your asset platform that you're using to manage all of these assets on the other side. And you've kind of got your CRM. Uh, and, and you helped me think about that, by the way, with the CRM really being the foundational like system of record for people along the way. But there's this piece in the middle that that I, I, I've always felt like the industry has been missing. And you know, it's, it's interesting because there's a perfect analogy outside of wealth tech. And I often feel like our industry tends to operate like a decade in the past. Hmm. Um, and you know, one, one, of, one of the things I'd like to see us do is kind of leapfrog our way into the future. If you go out there to the broader, you know, kind of like, like the rest of the industry served by this, the SaaS software space, um, there, there's this distinct section of, of technology that sits on top of CRM and sits outside of marketing automation and sits outside of like systems of record, like ERP or asset platforms. And they call it sales enablement. They call it client success. I roll those two things together and call it a growth platform, but it is, it is tools like sales loft and outreach and, you know, to tango and Gainsight that help companies engage with uh, prospective clients and then retain them and nurture them and turn them into referral champions. And so I've just looked at this and said, what, what our theme and our focus is, and this is not to say that our company has never built anything outside of this focus, but I would tell you we are more focused today than we ever have been before on this central tenant, which is we exist to help financial advisors and wealth management firms drive leads into meetings and meetings into valued clients and clients into referral champions. So where does that take you? Well, it certainly starts with risk. It certainly takes you into proposals and stress testing and portfolio analytics. Um, it certainly will take you a little bit into light planning for sure to think about risk capacity and, and you know, is this overall solution going to meet my goals? And, and by the way, you want to use integration to delve much deeper into comprehensive financial planning. We have great tools in this industry to do that already. You want to, you know, use great integrations to be able to, to pull models and things like that in from asset platforms, right? And, and then push those assets over to be managed in asset platforms. But at the end of the day, like our industry needs a purpose-built growth platform that is going to help 
financial advisors and wealth management firms at scale drive that process of lead to meeting to client to referral champion. And we haven't really had that. We've had asset platforms that try to do all things to all people. Okay. And we've had, um, a, you know, a, a couple of small point solutions that people try to patch together and kind of stuff a square peg into a round hole. And I don't think it's been working for our industry. And I think that's why nitrogen has been so successful over the last decade. When you talk about uh, great integrations, that's something we talk about. We always talk a lot about it. At Edward, yeah. Having built our wealth tech integration score last year. And with, of course, nitrogen getting one of the highest scores possible, which was- We were very honored. We appreciated that. Yep. So what other types of, besides pulling models from massive platforms, and, and thank yep. you for that shout out, where you, you kind of change the the where the the, uh, the growth platform fits that you're between marketing and the asset yep. platform and on top of the CRM rather than you know next to the CRM. But yep. how do you see that working that will you become the glue that fits that goes between marketing and CRM and the asset platform and the other tools, financial planning and such, or are you just another cog in that wheel? No, I think that's true. I think that we've largely become the workflow glue that advisors use to take that lead and turn that lead into the meeting, right? And then and then they leverage our tools and capabilities in the meeting to tell their story and help help those people, you know, see perhaps that they're not aligned on risk, perhaps they've got an inefficient portfolio, perhaps that um, you know, uh, you go into into the analytics, and there's not a lot of diversification in the portfolio. A lot of ways, uh, with, you know, tax drag is a new capability that we've rolled out that helps you illustrate your competitive advantage uh, as a financial advisor. And so you've got all those different vectors of how you compete as a financial advisor and and turn meetings into valued clients. And then you've got the tools and capabilities to continue to drive that engagement in a consistent way. Once you build trust with a client using great analytics like the risk number, you need to continue to reinforce that trust. And then you need to turn that trust into referrals uh, to get that growth flywheel spinning for your business. And of course, all of that feeds assets into asset platforms. From an integration standpoint, I mean, I think your point is well taken on the glue because I'll put it this way. What we see uh, an awful lot of the time is a lead might pop into nitrogen from the lead generation questionnaire on your website, okay? And you engage with that person. They say, yeah, I'd like to go ahead and do a meeting with you. And you do a meeting with them and you you gather data like, you know, what's their risk number? Uh, what's, you know, uh, let's understand their current portfolio, understand its risk number and its analytics. Let's understand what they want to do and what they want to accomplish, and, and let's put together a bit of a proposal for how we might serve this, um, this person differently. And of course, in that follow-up meeting where we're trying to bring them board as a client, typically a lot of clients start to delve a little bit deeper. They're, they're looking maybe at the retirement map on the screen and they're like, well, that's super interesting, but what would happen if I wanted to send Johnny to Harvard you know, and needed to, needed to pull some money out there? And that's where the advisor could say, well, listen, I love to do comprehensive financial planning with my clients. Like that's a much deeper process. It's going to take us a, a good hour to like collect all of that and like go through that. Um, we could do that. You know, if you come aboard with me, like we could do that in the next meeting and like delve into a much deeper financial plan. Uh, maybe I'm a money guide person. Maybe I'm an e-money person, right? Capital person, however that works. So Advisors tend to jump out of nitrogen into, uh, you know, a number of other tools, and we love building integrations with those tools. 
uh, to, to delve deep into something, we have uh, a lot of advisors love to jump out to Holista Plan or FP Alpha, um, you know, or, or, or some of these other tools that uh, engage clients on different aspects of the of, of the planning experience. And so, um, but typically that's going to come back in because it's going to ultimately impact the proposal. It's going to ultimately impact how the client gets invested. And then from Nitrogen, they're going to push that over to the asset platform for implementation. Um, so that's kind of the glue that I think you're talking about there from an integration strategy. And I think that that's largely um, you know, what we've, what we've built and continue to build. And I think the big frontier in the future is how do we make those workflow integrations really seamless? You know, I, I, I recognize we've done a lot, deeply appreciate the recognition of that with the, the Ezra Group integration score. And yet I'm, I, I feel like I'm our harshest critic because I tell the team, I'm like, listen, like we want, we want seamless workflow integration. So to me, that means like when the CRM pops up and says, you need to do this for this client, I don't want you to go to Nitrogen and start searching for that client name and go three layers deep. Like I want a deep link in the CRM that takes you straight to that workflow inside that client in Nitrogen. That's when we get to the world of seamless workflow integrations and we're just not there yet. Let me just take a quick break from this interview to talk about the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be participating in this charitable organization, and they give me the honor of uh, every year helping to judge some of the charities that are going to be awarded uh, money. And uh, you can get uh, money for your charity if you are a financial advisor or an advisory firm, and you can also uh, participate in a program that Invest in Others is running called the Charitable Champions. This recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities. Let me just read a little bit. This is on their website, investinothers.org. Uh, the Charitable Champions recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities by promoting a culture of philanthropy amongst their financial advisors and staff. You can submit your firm name uh, to the, the, uh, the organization uh, the application is already open. The deadline is July 7th, and the winners will be announced August 16th. Submissions will be evaluated blindly by a panel of advisors based on criteria including leadership and culture, events and activities, incentives, contributions, and impact. Now, I'm not a judge on this. I judge other, I judge usually advisor charities, and um, it's very difficult to do that kind of judging because they give us 10 charities with 10 advisors, and we have to decide which advisor gave the most back to their charity and helped them the most. It's really tough, uh, but you know all the money is going to a great cause. So please go to investinothers.org. And if you are uh, uh, running a financial advisory firm, sign up for the charitable champions list. Uh, yeah, that's you're speaking my language. And that's one of the reasons why we, we uh, designed the methodology around the integration score to encourage uh, vendors to build seamless integrations, more robust and deeper integrations. And it, it's yeah. skews that way. So you can build a hundred single sign-ons. You're not going to yeah. get a score as a vendor who builds one seamless, robust integration, which we consider low, level five. We score that a five out, Love of, it. out of five. So that's, yeah. that's really where we're going with that. We're, we're hoping, I'll put it this way. I feel like you can always figure out how to make those better. Mm -hmm. And so our aim is to is to push that up and raise the bar so that level fives require a whole different level of of seamless workflow integration, and uh, we hope to bend the Ezra Group integration score curve in that way. 
Do you remember the movie um, Spinal Tap? Yes. So one, it was one it's been scene. A while. Where, it was one scene where they're showing the the uh, the amplifiers. He goes, "You see, mate, this one goes up to 11. So if we just need <laughs> a little bit, we just turn it to 11. I think Rob Ryan is the director. He's, he Rob Ryan said, "Well, why not just make 10 louder?" Like, <laughs> no, but see, this is 11. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna give the the we're gonna make 10 louder. Here. That's what we're Why gonna do. 10, yeah. 11. yeah, there you go. I love oh, it. No. That's great. Back to sales enablement. That's a new term yeah. for advisors, and it's a new term. Michael sure. and I added that to the map. We actually converted what was proposal generation category yep. into sales yep. enablement. Yep. Thank you very much. So you really drove that. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Nitrogen drove that. And it's something we are sorely lacking. There isn't a yeah. lot of that in our industry. How are you helping advisors and broker dealers and banks and other firms that are, yeah. are looking at your platform understand how sales enablement fits into their business? Yeah. I think it's I think it's so it's it's even more critical for our business than it is for other businesses. And here's why. We are one of the few industries, I, I can't honestly, like off the top of my head, think of another one where we put people who really don't want to be salespeople, we thrust them into the role of being the growth engines for the firms, okay? Uh, the number one uh, college degree for a financial advisor is finance. The number two is economics. These are not people who wake up every day and go, I want to sell <laughs> something to somebody. Like that. That's that's not you know what they get excited about. They want to be great practitioners of advice. And so, you know, I, I do think that a lot of what nitrogen success has come from is that is that we say, well, in the process of equipping you with great tools to, to provide great high quality advice, we're we're also like like kind of you know sneakily turning that fiduciary advisor into the growth engine, like a consistent growth engine for their firm without having to twist them into the salesperson that they don't actually want to be. And to me, that's what uh, uh, that's what great sales enablement will do. It will enable people to drive growth through the process of delivering great advice, through the process of driving great prospect meetings. Um, and and it's going to enable them to to deliver that kind of outcome. So you know, from a workflow perspective, what does that mean? Well, I think it means like having some capabilities to engage with leads and turn them into meetings. That's that's a big deal in our industry. We don't do that in a consistent way. I can't you know I sit on the board of Snappy Kraken, great marketing automation tool for financial advisors, right? And one of the number one complaints Snappy Kraken can get is. Well, I'm getting all these leads and I don't really know what to do with them, right? And a, a big part of what you might say sales enablement is about is about, you know, giving the advisor the tools to engage with those leads. And, and, and basically, we've got to create a sense of intrigue among these clients. Like, why do I want to take my precious time as a prospective client and actually meet with you as a financial advisor? I either need to have a tremendous amount of pain in my financial life or I need to be intrigued by something that could be better or that I'm worried about or that I, I you know, I, I sense an opportunity. And, you know, I would say what nitrogen has done in a really elite way over the last decade is, is create, is help financial advisors create that sense of intrigue with prospects of going, well, it's a very simple, intriguing question, Craig, what is your risk number? And you go, I, I I don't know what my risk number is. That might be in the in the email signature from the advisor. It might be a, a questionnaire I see on their website. It might be something that the, that the advisor sends me. Um, you know, and so I became a lead through something like Snappy Kraken or FMG, 
And then, you know, somebody using nitrogen kind of engages me with this, what is your risk number question? And I go through the process and it goes, well, Aaron, your risk number is 42. And I go, interesting. Um, that immediately sparks another question. Well, like, what is a 42 and is that good or is that bad? Well, the key question is, is how does that match up to my portfolio's risk number? That's the real question, because that tells me whether or not my portfolio is the right way. And, and, and this leads me to, to kind of be a little bit worried. Like I'm sitting there going like, now I understand why my portfolio might be jumping around a little bit more than I, I, I kind of want or expect. And so that's what, um, you know, leads the person to schedule the meeting with the advisor and actually get, you know, the advisor get into the position to actually turn that meeting into a new valued client. So th this is this is the process of sales enablement. And I, I just went down one possible path. I, I would argue there's a thousand possible paths of how that happens. But by giving advisors a set of tools to do that, not only can we help financial advisors be more successful, but wealth management firms can drive that at scale because we don't have consistent growth processes across large wealth management firms either. Um, a lot of them have invested in great marketing automation at the front end to create leads, but we are a personality relationship-based personal business. And if financial advisors are not doing uh, those growth activities at scale, we'll never see the results in the wealth management business that we need to see. Can you walk me through a practical example of how uh, an enterprise firm that's leveraging yeah. growth platform uses it to drive growth? Oh, sure. So um, there's one firm that just pops into my mind that um, rolled nitrogen out to uh, over a thousand advisors across their firm. And, you know, I, you, you know the battle quite well, Craig, uh, for large firms. All these firms have to sit there and go, how do I get technology to be adopted in my firm? That's that's a huge battle. And for some firms, it, it really depends on their on their model, on their business model, on their affiliation model with advisors. Some firms have the ability to mandate things. OK, this firm that I'm thinking of actually had the ability to go and say, hey, listen, advisors, like you're going to use this process. Um, you really can't write business in our firm. You can't bring new clients aboard unless you use nitrogen to kind of take the prospective client through the process and bring them aboard. Um, some firms are like, yeah, I, I, you know, that's not our model. It's not our business model, not our affiliation model. We are not really in the position to uh, mandate that advisors use a particular process. Um, but, but, you know, we, we, we will, we will encourage it. We will recommend it. So what we try to do when we look at those two different kinds of firms is we say, first of all, we love when firms, you know, actually can't have the ability to kind of mandate process because I can tell you those are the firms that get the greatest results, okay, and the most consistent results. The ones who can't, we try to equip those firms with the insights to help them persuade advisors as to why they're, you know, they're, they're going to get better results in their businesses and they can prove with data, here are the advisors that are that are actually growing the fastest, have the, have the happiest, most satisfied clients. And they're the ones who are actually using, they're undertaking these activities in nitrogen to drive these results. Okay. So back to that, that firm, you know, they rolled it out, they mandated the process. What that means is, is that every one of the advisors at this firm is, is running every single one of their prospect meetings with nitrogen. OK, because ultimately they have to end up, you know, with a risk number for the client 
and um, you know, all documented in nitrogen, and they have to end up with a proposal for how they want to invest the client, all documented in nitrogen and signed off by the client in nitrogen. And so um, they use it consistently in their prospect meetings. And wouldn't you believe it, like this firm went from 43% of their prospect meetings turning into clients to 92% of their prospect meetings turning into clients. Um, that's a an incredible, incredible, I mean, it's like 113% increase in the meeting to client conversion rate. And, you know, you can imagine the impact across a thousand advisors on the revenue of this firm. Um, that's, you know, a, a pretty fantastic case, but that was, um, you know, that's their numbers coming back to us. I'm speechless. I'm without speech. 43% conversion to a 92% conversion rate? That's right, on meeting to client. Now let's be clear, I wasn't talking about lead to meeting, okay? So it's not the conversion rate from all the way from the, the top of the funnel to the bottom, but I'm talking about once I've gotten the person intrigued into doing a meeting with me, I'm gonna go through the meeting process and yeah, that this firm went from 43% to 92% by, by standardizing their growth process with nitrogen across the firm. That's still a pretty impressive. I like to know the lead to the lead to yeah. prospect and prospect to conversion, but just from prospect to conversion is uh, that's an impressive number. Yeah. The um, okay, so I want to move into another part of the discussion. Uh, you uh, sure. Nitrogen Wealth came out with the, a growth survey where yes. you, uh, you interviewed uh, or surveyed over a thousand advisors at our right. dealers hybrids, which I thought was a was an impressive number. And you came up with some interesting data from that. Can you share a little bit of it? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, we're, we're, we're gonna do this annually now and we're, we're really excited about it because we had such a great response to it. And so um, the first annual nitrogen growth survey, as you said, over a thousand respondents and 45% of them were RAAs. Um, you know, the rest kind of spread across the IBD and employee and bank channels. You know, we kind of serve firms in all of those categories. Um, but, you know, 38% of the RA firms were 100 to $500 million firms, uh, about 10% were billion dollar plus RA firms. And, um, you know, so it was a pretty, uh, pretty good picture of the industry as a whole. And, you know, what I, what I thought was super interesting is that we kind of, uh, you know, firms said that the biggest impediment to growth was the lack of a consistent growth process, Okay. Uh, that's the number one issue that 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 they said was the the biggest impediment to growth. And what was interesting is we kind of split these firms out. We said, okay, the the ones that are growing over twenty percent a year, we call them hyper growth firms, and the ones growing less than five percent a year, we call them slow growth firms. Firms using nitrogen uh, were already like two times more likely to be hyper growth firms than those who weren't. But what's really interesting is it's the firms that were using us for about a year. They had a 60% chance of like shifting into hyper growth mode. Um, that's the impact that using a purpose-built growth platform was having on their lead to meeting and meeting to client conversion rates. Um, and I think it's it, it, it just kind of demonstrated and proved uh, the, the, the case that we've been making for the last decade. So the growth numbers were self-reported. Yes, correct. And so you're firms. trusting the firms to tell you what their growth is. Absolutely. And, and there were some that said, hey, we're only growing five, we're growing less than 5% a year. Yeah, that's right. Some said they're growing more than 20%. And the, now you, where'd you get the thousand companies? They weren't just 
nitrogen wealth clients, obviously. No, 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 no. We went out to the market as a whole. So they weren't just clients of ours. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would note as well that um, we asked them for that growth number. Um, uh, it, it, it was self-reported, but we asked them to go back and like make sure that they that they got an accurate number from their from their ADVs and their and their growth numbers, so not just like off the off the top of your head. And uh, um, so it it, it definitely uh, we we tried to go back and spot check it a lot, but it matched up with uh, what we could see from industry data as well. So about twenty seven percent looking at your looking at the report, about 28 percent were slow growth. And yep. fifteen something percent were ultra were hyper growth. Yeah, correct. And the rest in the middle. Yep. Gotcha. And the how did you come up with two times more likely to be hyper growth if they're using your product? I'm sorry. You the said REA is using nitrogen wealth are two times yep. more likely to be hyper growth. Well, so we went and took the respondents of the survey and figured out which of them were clients. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered was the firms using us were two times more likely to be in the hyper growth category than they were to be in that in that slow growth category. Was it mean there was twice as many firms that were nitrogen clients in the high growth in the in the hyper growth than there were in the I think if you compare so think of it this way we slice the thousand respondents out for which ones are nitrogen clients and which ones are not. And right. if you were in the nitrogen client bucket, um, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but you were two times more likely to be hyper growth mm -hmm. than you were to be slow growth mm -hmm. if you compared that to the group of, of clients that were not nitrogen clients. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, the, I, I know I've heard other numbers uh, at your conference of advisors having larger books of business if they're using your product or not. So sure. um, clearly, clearly there's, there's a track. You've got a, a, a more than just one year track record here. Yeah, that's for that, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I by the way, this whole growth survey is online. People can download it, look at all of the all, all of the, uh, the the background of the survey. And it's at nitrogenwealth.com slash growth survey. Another area I thought was interesting, even though there's both slow and hyper growth, you think they'd be very different. They answered a lot of the questions the same. It was interesting. Absolutely. As they said, the most important factor in firm growth, client satisfaction and retention, both slow yeah. growth and hyper growth firms said that was the number one answer. Although hyper growth by two to one said lead generation was number two. Yeah. Whereas and, and said, think, no, it's not. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, it's kind of interesting. Well, first of all, that would tend to tell you that uh, the hyper growth firms are right um, <laughs> in that regard. Um, but, you know, I, I that is I, I was not wildly surprised by that answer. And I loved the answer because, first of all, it shows you the heart that our industry has, that financial advisors have for serving their clients well. And the belief that you can't grow effectively as a wealth management firm, if you have a massively leaky bucket and you're not satisfying your clients and retaining them. And secondly, that the number one source of, of leads and prospects for wealth management firms are referrals. So if you're not doing a great job satisfying and retaining your clients, you're really going to be missing out on, a, on the biggest part of the growth flywheel for firms, which is turning great valued clients into referral champions that actually bring another one or two or three clients into the firm. That's important. Yeah. In, in, referrals are incredibly important for almost every wealth management firm. Is there a specific part of your platform that helps advisors to drive more referrals? 
Um, we're actively thinking about how we could do that a little bit more directly, but I would say that check-ins has been one of the biggest drivers uh, of referrals uh, that that I've that I've seen. And the way that it works is this: you know, for those who don't know about the check-ins feature, um, basically it's a very relatively simple two-question survey that advisors are are leveraging to keep their finger on the pulse speed of client psychology um, between client reviews. And so you're able to get a sense of like, how's the client feeling about the markets, positive or negative? How's the client feeling about their financial future, confident or anxious? And it's a really great way, again, to understand if this is a client I need to reach out to because they're, they're you know, frustrated, upset, nervous. Uh, this is a client that maybe is feeling good about the markets, but anxious about their financial future. That means they're not really aligned with their advisor on their plan. But it's the it's the clients who are answering kind of like green green right they're they're positive about the markets they're confident about their financial future or even red green they're nervous about the markets but they're confident about their financial future those are the ones that advisors will typically follow up with and say listen i'm, I'm great to hear from you glad things are going well um glad you're feeling confident about your financial future it sounds like we've got you set up well for your plan um, you know, if there's if there's anybody in your network that you think I could help get into the same position, like more than happy to help. I've got room for a client or two, uh, you know, to add to the firm. And so um, happy to help anybody you want to refer our way. Um, asking for referrals is the number one um, way to get referrals. But many advisors feel really awkward because they don't know if it's a good time to ask for referrals and check in sets them up with that data point that allows them to go ask for the referral at the right time. Advisors need all the help they can get. So if they can, if they can know the right time to ask for a referral, I think that'll help. I think tools like nitrogen, I've said this before that advisors aren't all the same. And just like people yeah. aren't all the same. There are some advisors that are more empathetic, that are more compassionate, yeah. that are more tuned in to their clients' needs than others. And, those advisors have always been more successful because they have those innate abilities to, right. to interact with people because it's a people business, as you mentioned. Oh, um, we're a personality relationship-based business. And there are some advisors who got their finance degree or their economics degree, but and they never were taught how to be personable, build relationships. Right. And now they're thrust into this job. So I think yeah, tools sure. like Nitrogen and other tools in, in your category can sort of level the playing field by providing prompts, nudges, insights, reports to advisors to say, here's what you should be doing. Here's who you should be talking to. Here's how you should be yeah. nurturing those clients along. Would you think that's something that you see happening that advisors start to level out in how they how they perform? Yeah, I think that's true. And and look, I I think that um I think that's a really profound point. And I, I'm not sure that I thought about it that way, but I think that um you're right. It it I don't know if level the playing field is the right word, but I do think that it probably is um, a little bit of a superpower for the advisor who could use a little bit more intuitiveness or, or, or empathy in that way. Um, and I would argue it probably just helps the, you know, naturally empathetic, intuitive advisor um, just be able to do that faster and at scale uh, in a great way. You know, one of the things that I always found interesting was advisors who would just take one quick look at our platform and just go, oh, no, like I, I wouldn't want to reduce my clients to a number. I like to provide personalized service to my clients. And I, and I would always look at that and say, you know, the reality is, is, is what you're probably doing right now is you're bucketing them in five buckets 
or maybe even three buckets called conservative, moderate, and aggressive. Okay. And the biggest problem is that we don't even know if we mean the same thing by these words. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the risk number, you know, it, it might be easy to say, oh, I don't want to reduce my clients to a number, but the risk number actually enables personalization at scale. It actually enables you to think about who a client is and think about how their portfolio is invested and think about whether or not that's aligned and, and do that, you know, first of all, at scale. And second of all, um, with a lot of speed and pre precision. Another aspect in the growth survey that I thought was interesting, the most important, uh, I said the most important factor, but the biggest challenge and threat is regulations and compliance. And compliance is sort of the third leg of your stool. Yeah. And I know you came out with, with the Reg BI tool a couple of years back. How, yeah. how big of, uh, has compliance become in your, your business plan? Yeah, it's it's become um, an important, a really important leg of the, school, of the stool for, for this particular reason. Um, if you think about it, this area of engagement with clients is where a lot of the regulation is happening. Um, and where a lot of compliance departments are focused because where advisors get tripped up, I mean, I, I just saw a news article this morning about a, you know, an advisor in a firm that got fined over half a million dollars for, you know, putting a client into a portfolio that was too risky for them. I'll tell you how to make that not happen. It's actually not that difficult. <laughs> it's called, you know, taking a client through a process and engaging them and actually getting them to be bought into how much risk they want to take versus how much risk they are taking and then documenting that they're that they're signed off on that. And so that's really what we've built in the compliance analytics and workflows on the nitrogen platform is for a firm to be able to go in and say, well, hey, I can I can kind of see across the entire enterprise that there's 5,000 clients here, and I can see which ones have documented risk numbers and which don't. And I can slice and dice and go, which advisors are actually doing this on a consistent basis and which advisors have 80% of their book of business. They have no idea how much risk the client wants and how much risk they actually have, right? And that can drive compliance teams to put their focus in the right spots to drive um, you know, a much more successful outcome for the firm that doesn't involve these uh, headline creating fines uh, from regulators. It isn't true that all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> our, you're you're our absolutely correct. In a highly regulated industry, you are absolutely correct. Absolutely I correct. I wanted to point out at your last conference, you announced these dashboards, a compliance dashboard. Right. I thought was was brilliant because that was the one one of the things that was missing. And we work with a lot of, of your enterprise clients that we have this great risk score, this great risk process, 95% probability of being in this range, but there was no way to look across advisors, across branches, across different. Right. Now with the dashboard, I can see, as you mentioned, here are clients without a risk score. Here's clients that haven't been updated in a while. Here's your clients who are drifting away yep. from that score. So really, really powerful. And it's those kind of tools that enterprise clients are dying for. They just really need yeah that type of visibility. What are, are there any other things you're seeing now that you've got such a large market share in the enterprise space um, that, that enterprise clients are looking for? Yeah, I mean, the next frontier is what we're rolling out, you know, over the course of the next month, month and a half on 
you know, effectively insights into the into the book of business and and into how the book of business is growing and 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 kind of where the clients are from that perspective. So it's one thing to slice and dice it from a compliance perspective uh, on on risk alignment and and what's documented. It's another thing to just sit back and and go, okay, let's look at how the firm is growing compared to other firms like mine, right? In in a, in a similar kind of scale as mine. Let's then slice and dice this by advisor and let's look at how my best advisors are growing compared, you know, to to the average advisor of my firm. Let's look at how my worst advisors are growing according to the average advisor of my firm. And, you know, we're we're going to continue to push the envelope on this. But but the vision that I see is being able to sit down with an advisor and say, Tom, the the listen, you have the ability to frankly be more successful in in your own career here as a financial advisor and be more helpful to your clients um I, it is possible let me show you like here's an example of how Jill in our same firm is 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 you know has has faster growth uh, is getting more out of the prospect meetings that she's holding is getting more out of the client reviews has more satisfied clients has clients that are not as fearful. Um, you know, we're taking all the check-ins data, for example, and being able to plot all of your advisors across the grid of how aligned they are versus how happy they are, right? And being able to show you these are the activities that your advisors are undertaking to drive these results so that you can help Tom see and persuade Tom with data that he can have the same kind of results Jill is experiencing if he will undertake the same kind of activities um, to, to, to drive those outcomes. Aaron, before we wrap up, I want to ask you one quick question that we've been hearing sure. a lot about. Uh, what are your thoughts on AI? Uh, how is is that coming to the nitrogen platform anytime soon? How do yeah. you see that impacting the wealth management space? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I I I I was on stage at a conference, I think five years ago, and somebody asked me this question. I said, Well, so far, the most effective deployment of AI in our industry has been in press releases. Um, and so <laughs> I, I I would I would definitely say that like oh my gosh over the last three four five months um, I I think we're here I think we're here where AI is actually starting to drive a bit of a platform shift and it's exciting it's incredibly exciting um, and I I see this um, happening in a few different ways it's going to take some time it's going to take some experimentation it's not going to be like some overnight um, switch flip but this generative AI is going to be an incredibly powerful driver of the human financial advisor. I'm pretty convinced of it. Um, I think it's going to look a couple of different ways. One is um, generative AI is getting really good at taking unstructured data and turning it into structured data. And that is one of the things that eats up financial advisor time today in a, in a massive way. So I'm incredibly excited about, you know, a hundred different applications of how we can help advisors take unstructured data and turn it into structured data. The other thing is, you know, what, what we've already deployed, Nitrogen AI today helps advisors with uh, kind of that sales enablement content creation. So if I want, uh, you know, a, a, a tweet, a blog post, an email, um, I can say for a, a client uh, or a prospect of this generation with this kind of tone, and I want to talk about this topic, Nitrogen AI will spit out a draft. And, you know, basically it solves two things for advisors. It solves 80% of their time problem because now they can just edit a draft. And it solves 100% of their writer's block because now they're editing instead of trying to write from scratch. Um, so it's going to make 
It's going to make content creation faster. It's going to make engaging with clients faster. It's going to take the drudgery out of the work. I think five years from now, we're going to be able to start crediting AI with either driving down minimums or driving up the number of clients that we can serve and the number of clients that can that can engage in the impact of our advice. I think that's going to be profoundly great for the world. So I'm, I'm really excited about um, this platform shift that I think is coming. Aaron, you've said it all. Thank you. We go. We're out of time. Where can uh, people listening find out more about Nitrogen Wealth? Uh, nitrogenwealth.com. It's just that easy. Nitrogenwealth.com. Thanks so much for being here, Aaron. We really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, Craig. Hey, I'm back. And here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Sales enablement is a new category. Michael Kitsis and I uh, added sales enablement to the Advisor Tech map. Actually, we didn't add it. We converted proposal generation category into sales enablement because, well, it was driven mainly by Nitrogen Wealth's growth platform, which is truly a sales enablement tool, and that's how they're positioning it. But also, many of the other applications in the category do more than proposal generation. And of course, proposal generation is a form of sales enablement. Uh, if you look at the applications in the category uh, on the map, you'll see they do a variety of things. They may do investment analytics as well as proposal generation. They may do um, a document import scanning OCR as well as proposal generation. Lots of different ways to, to approach this. So the question is, will advisors, broker-dealers, RIAs, wealth management firms in general embrace the growth platform message from Nitrogen Wealth. Number two, adoption rates. Always an issue. Every large uh, firm we work with, and we work with a lot of enterprise wealth management firms, whether they are the largest broker-dealers or even mid-sized broker-dealers with a 1,000 advisors or so, or enterprise RIAs, have issues with adoption of technology. Now, of course, if you are forcing advisors to use a piece of technology, for example, you don't if you don't get if you don't get paid if you don't use this tech, then adoption is easy. It's when it's most of the other technology that isn't forced uh, that advisors tend to lag. We've seen adoption rates around twenty to thirty percent is very common for applications that aren't required. It's a struggle. So one of the reasons, one of the ways to do that is to it's a constant marketing campaign. We recommend our clients think about adoption rates as a marketing opportunity to market to advisors. And it, it's not a one-time deal. It's not a one-shot deal. It's ongoing. You have to think about it, how we will continue to impress upon our advisors that this product is useful to them and can help them. As Aaron mentioned, using data is a great way to do that. And he came out with a gangbuster statistic at one of his clients, uh, about a thousand advisors, when they uh, deployed Riskalyze, the advisors who used it, or rather, oh, sorry, here I, I'm already using it going back to the old ways. Nitrogen Wealth, when they deployed the Nitrogen Wealth product, advisors who were using it went from 43% uh, of prospect meetings converting to clients to 92%. So it's over 100%. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but that is really the way to uh, to get that done. Are you talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to myself. Can I kick you out for a moment? Oh, sure. Sorry. And number three, level the playing field. Uh, that's my term. 
and how these different technologies, whether they're growth platforms or the other category, which is uh, a new and growing is advice enablement or advice engagement. These new categories are going to level the playing field for advisors. There's always been those advisors who are the superstars because they either sell better, they have more empathy, more they're more, in, uh, more intuitive, uh, they just are better at their jobs. These tools will level the playing field in many ways. If it's the advice engagement, it'll help these advisors become more empathetic and build strong relationships with their clients. Or if it's on the sales and implement side, it will help these advisors maybe aren't so good at closing to nurture and close more deals. Level the playing field. Well, you've made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. Please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com and scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you receive an email chock full of both management goodness, news, updates, analysis. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening and talk to you all again 